Hey, hey, hey there. Welcome back. And if you're new to my podcast, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. I got a couple of questions for you. Do you feel exhausted, worn out, or maybe even a little irritated? Do you at times feel like a doormat or underappreciated? Do you suffer from stress, anxiety, or like you're a lone warrior in a sea of wounded souls? Do you feel like others are always zapping your energy? Do you feel like others are always projecting their stuff onto you? Do you feel like others should stop whining, suck it up, and just take care of your business? And more importantly, do you wish you could just get a break but can't seem to get one because you're always putting out fires? I want to talk about that today. But before we do, let me introduce myself. Hi there, I'm Dr. Kelly Ray. I'm a mindset coach counselor, notably known as the Inner Critic Tamer, and I am passionate about helping others just like you and me who have survived perhaps things we don't necessarily like to talk about, but we know we want to because we want to be better for ourselves because we know ultimately that'll be better for our kids and their kids to come. I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic, that inner childhood conditioning, or as I'd like to say, undo that crap that happened to you and continues to maybe somewhat keep you stuck or keep you unable to live the vibrant life that you are designed to live. And during this episode, we're going to be talking about takers and those who give too much. I know you may have wondered what those questions were at the beginning or where we were going with that, but a lot of times those same questions fall under the umbrella of somebody who gives too much and then how that can manifest into our lives as exhaustion and stress and anxiety and even, dare I say, frustration and resentment and exhaustion. Don't get me wrong. Generosity is a beautiful trait and helpfulness is an admirable quality, but giving without attachment is different from giving compulsively from a broken place. People who give too much often operate from a place of low confidence and feelings of insecurity or even invisibility. By giving too much, they hope to receive the love, respect, and admiration they so deeply desire. Giving too much has played its part in my life for sure. It's led to exhaustion. It's led to frustration. And if I'm being really transparent with you, it's even led to resentment. It took time away from my own goals, priorities, and dreams. It literally took losing myself and, dare I say, the little dignity I had left in me to realize I was not only giving too much, but taking too much as well. What I didn't realize then was I was feebly attempting to gain love, acceptance, and feelings of worthiness through external approval. 
If I tried really hard to be a quote-unquote good girl, then others would see me as such. I'd work overtime with no pay just to prove I wasn't a taker, but rather a giver, someone who could be counted on. I'd help others who were going through really rough times, but who weren't really ready to work on improving their lives. I felt if I could, if they could just be seen, heard, or even validated, they'd realize their worth, and in turn, unconsciously, it would show my loyalty by not letting them fall. I'd give to my partners by being completely accepting of who they were, flaws and all, even at the sake of my own emotional wellness. Because after all, they just needed to be loved, right? Look, I'd like to say this is a woman thing to give too much of ourselves to others, but that's just not true at all. Guys can give too much too, which is why I thought it was important that we talk about this. Because if we're not careful, we could actually turn into the thing we don't want to be seen as. The thing that we might even, not even like looking at or even become resentful of, and that is a taker. A good place to begin is to learn the signs associated with overgiving. Once you do, you'll be able to recognize when you're about to give too much, which can allow you to pause and decide, nope, not again. And more importantly, at these moments of wanting to overgive, I'm going to ask you to ask yourself a couple of things. First, why? Why is it important to overextend or give too much and what do you gain from it? I know that may sound funny but it's important to know our reason why we choose to do what we do and what the gain is from it. I know givers think we don't gain anything and I'm gonna I'm gonna cause you to pause and question that because the truth is we all gain something from it yes the obvious might be just to help someone out and that's fantastic but sometimes we do it because there's a need inside of us that needs attention although most of the time we're not even tuned into it so let's talk about six signs you may give too much. Here's what I've learned. People like to give and they like to help. I've also learned that most people have a hard time asking for help or receiving from others. So this can definitely create an imbalance, leaving us feeling like it feels good to give or help and have done too much can feel draining and exhausting without it feeling linked together. As we go through these six, you may recognize yourself as an overgiver. The point is not to judge yourself. I want you to sit in the observer seat at this moment. 
to observe what you what you feel, what you see, what you hear, but merely being aware of it because there's more to come than just these signs. So hang with me here. I don't believe that you're maliciously manipulating people any more than I was. I didn't believe that I was doing that to to gain something. The tendency to overgive can be a survival strategy you learned in your early years. Your way to easily avoid pain, maybe. So let's look at these signs. One, you're relationship focused. People who give too much prioritize relationships. You attempt to prove your worth through helping others. So naturally, you place relationships first above all else. You don't give indiscriminately. You hone in on the main people in your life who are more likely to affirm your wonderfulness. Again, these are unconscious, okay? I want you to know that you're not maliciously out there looking for that grandiose or for somebody to pat you on the back or somebody to recognize how wonderful you are. These are all unconscious. This could be your parents, your siblings, a romantic partner, close friends, a boss, even your clients. You want to be seen as indispensable to others because your value depends on external validation, even though you may not even be consciously aware of this. So you give without limits. If someone needs help with computer issues, for instance, you fix their current problem and a few more things along the way as well, because, you know, it just might help them out a little bit. You offer to pick up groceries for your neighbor every time you go to the store. You cook your partner's favorite foods night in and night out, ensuring he or she sings your praises endlessly. You engage in reciprocal relationships in which you receive praise and acknowledgement in return for doing more than your part. Should it not be forthcoming, anger and resentment can bubble up. But you may be reluctant to express those emotions because you place a high value on being likable. Number two, you have an ability to tune in to what others feel. You've mastered the ability to tune in to what others feel and need. You'll pick up even a subtle shift in a person's energy and will already be scanning possible ways to help. You'll be the first to ask, are you okay? Is something wrong? Can I help you? Chances are you develop this ability at a very early age in life. Perhaps you gained parental affection by tuning in to the needs of your primary parent and making sure they were fulfilled as best you could as a young person. Maybe you became teacher's pet through behaviors like flattery, perfect obedience or attendance, and always being the one that raises the hand to help. You learned early on that tuning into others and meeting their needs gained you favorable attention. And it made you feel loved. It made you feel important. It made you feel valuable. It made you feel seen at least for a while. 
Tuning in to others and meeting their needs became an unconscious habit that now rules your life. Number three, you never ask for anything yourself. You're so busy helping others, you never ask for anything yourself. If someone asks you to lunch, you'll make sure to go to their favorite restaurant. If they ask, what movie do you want to stream? You'll respond, whatever you want, it's good with me. You pretend to have no needs at all. After all, people don't like needy people, so you certainly won't be one, right? Deep in your heart, your fear, your needs are too much and will turn people away. This is also a very common problem I see with people in relationships, wondering why their relationships are breaking down. Because at first they started out really great while they were dating. And then after time, it seems now like that has completely shifted. Or maybe you now seem, you're hearing from this partner or person you're dating that it seems like you've changed because maybe maybe these parts of yourself of overgiving and always looking like you don't need anything are not as truthful as you like to have presented it and so now all of a sudden somebody might feel like there's somebody they don't even know because it seems like you've changed when in fact You've just become more like yourself because you can't hide if you're in a relationship with too long with somebody. This builds up the belief that you can't be loved as you are. Your needs, your wants, your quirks and all. So you constantly are striving for meeting somebody else's needs, putting theirs before yours, always making them a priority over you. Number four, you adapt yourself to please different people. You're like a chameleon who changes their behaviors and opinions depending upon the circumstances or the person you desire to assist. Because you're always adapt to the personal needs of another, one person might see you as efficient while another sees you as a good listener. If your partner wants to explore astronomy, you'll learn all about the topic too. When it comes to opinions, you tell others what they want to hear. You're always conscious of the image you present so you don't risk losing the affirmation of others. That can lead you to suppress emotions like anger that may be less acceptable to others. And it's not exactly a prescription for an authentic life now, is it? But yet we do it. Number five. You're always upbeat and cheerful. No one wants to be around a Debbie Downer, right? You're always upbeat and cheerful because you need others to like you. You may even strike people as selfless. They may not realize there's a hidden agenda behind your endless giving and constant smile. You're the encourager the giver, the support person. But who supports you? More importantly, if you're always the giver, how could you possibly receive this same giveness from others? Who would you even trust? 
if you're always seeing others as needing. Number six, you gain a sense of pride through overgiving. You may at times feel insecure and like you never get enough approval to fill up the hole in your heart. But when you give more than others, you naturally feel like a superhero, at least part of the time. Although you'd never admit to feeling like a superhero because that's too prideful, egotistical, and over the top. But let's be real with one another right now. It feels damn good to help others, right? I mean, seriously. Look at how many people depend on you. Look how competent you are. How could they survive without you? You can take on even more, can't you? You get caught in a cycle of inflation and deflation. You sometimes think you can handle anything. Bring it on. I can take on the world. And other times you feel completely and utterly insecure, inadequate, underappreciated, and flat out exhausted. Think about that for a minute. I can, many of this is unconscious. We're not even aware because some of these words I'm using, I know you would not want to say that, yeah, that's what I'm doing, that's what I'm needing, is to feel approved, to feel loved, to feel worthy, feel good enough, feel seen. And it certainly wouldn't feel like I was, I do, wouldn't dare take from others to get that, and yet, a lot of times in our giving, that's what we're trying to gain. These that we just talked about aren't the only signs of an overgiver. And any single sign doesn't indicate that you give too much. I just want you to see which signs might apply to you and whether several taken together paint the picture of a perpetual helper. If you're already nodding your head as you heard this, you might also be wondering, how do you stop giving too much? Any pattern that has been constructed can be deconstructed, although it will take practice and patience and consistency and determination. More importantly, it may require the help of another. But start with these three steps. One, recognize when you're overgiving. As a first step, I want you to learn to recognize when you're giving in order to receive praise, love, or acknowledgement, or you're wanting to feel those things. In that moment, you have a choice to continue the pattern or decide, no, today I'm not going to overgive. And if you choose that latter option, pay attention to what comes up inside of you. Example, meaning, do you feel guilty for saying no? Do you feel bad for saying, nah, can't do that? Do you feel like you have to explain why you can't help? Just pay attention to those things. Number two, get in touch with your needs and wants. It also helps to get in touch with your own needs and wants. Start to ask these questions every day in general and any given situation. Who am I? 
how do I feel? What do I want to feel? What do I want? What do I need? Number three, learn to affirm yourself. Lastly, learn to affirm yourself. That could involve repeating positive affirmations or making a list of what you appreciate about yourself at the end of each day. That's a fantastic way to, to wrap up the days. To, before you fall asleep, remind yourself of who you are and, and the things that you're grateful for, the things about you that you like. And some final thoughts here. Many people overgive to gain approval, affection, and affirmation. They may not be conscious of the motivation that underlies their behavior. Indeed, they may even see themselves as selfless. Yet they can feel a deep disappointment if they don't receive acknowledgement for this selflessness and make them feel they must give even more, like we're trying to fill a void. At the core of this behavior is the mistaken belief you have to give to get love or approval or to be seen or to be acknowledged. But once you know you deserve love simply because you exist, you can gradually stop giving to get and start loving and respecting yourself more and more. And here's the really interesting thing. The more that you're learning to love and respect yourself just as you are, then the people around you start to shift. You start to see that there's less takers. There's less that are draining you. There are less that are frustrating you. Your circle changes. Lastly, if not addressed, this can perpetuate a cycle of codependent relationships with others, family, close friends, partners, and even your professional life. Just as you've heard the stories of those who were bullied once, turning later into bullies themselves as a way to ward off being bullied, the same can happen with givers turning into takers. And if this is something that you feel is hitting close to home, then I encourage you to get in touch with me so that we can have a conversation about it. And I'm going to encourage you also to keep listening as I'll give you ways that you can connect with me at the end of this episode. Speaking of which, if you found this episode helpful, then I encourage you to follow this podcast and share it with others. Because we never know who this message is meant to be for on any given day. So that's the best gift I think that we can give others is an opportunity to perhaps heal themselves, work on things that they weren't even aware were a problem, but now can recognize that, oh, I can see my pattern in that and I do want something different for myself. I do want to live more vibrantly. And know that every week I share ways to help you get through your week. And lastly, if you'd like to connect with me, here's some ways that you can do that. I'm on Instagram at AskDrKellyRay. Kelly Ray is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. 
I'm on Facebook at Dr. Kelly Ray B, B is in brown. My website is drkellyray.com and my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. And until next week, please know I send you so much love.